We shall now turn to Isaiah chapter 40, <coughs> and we shall consider tonight verses 28 to 31. Isaiah 40 at verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no mighty increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. We need encouragement in these days. The church is in serious decline. The enemies of God and his people are numerous. And they are very powerful. Sometimes we can become depressed and discouraged. This chapter, though, begins with the words, Comfort ye. It's addressed to the prophet. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. It's repeated. There's something here that's so necessary, so important to give comfort to God's people. It's repeated. It's stressed. It's a command from God to the prophet and from God to ministers of our own day. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Here we are at the beginning of a new year. The past year has been marked with its own difficulties, problems, troubles, Wars breaking out in Europe. Lots of people suffering as a result of that. Increased inflation in our country. Problems economically. We look around and there's all these strikes taking place. People are unsettled. Unhappy. And then we turn and we look at ourselves and look into our own hearts. And there's so many problems in our own lives too. Problems with health, physical health, mental health, but especially spiritual health. Our sins are real and they are glaring. But notice what is said here. Your iniquity is pardoned. Yes, we are sinners. Yes, we have failed. Yes, we have let God down. Yes, we have compromised in different ways. We have been worldly. We have been foolish. We have been ignorant. We have been stupid in things that we have done. But your iniquity is pardoned. How wonderful it is to know that Christ died for sinners. How wonderful it is to know the doctrine of justification. Justification is an act of God's free grace wherein he pardoneth all our sins, past, present, future, and accepteth us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. Justification. What a wonderful truth it is. Adoption. How wonderful it is. Sanctification. It's a work of God, an effectual work of God. Where God begins the good work, he will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. That's what it says in the Bible. And the Bible tells us no lies. 
That's the truth that we have there. God is at work in our lives. He is bringing on that work in our lives. And though we have sinned, though we have failed, yet we must not despair. We must return again to the Lord. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is a propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Christ propitiated the wrath of God. His sacrifice satisfied divine justice. And we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The fountain was opened for sin and for uncleanness. Yes, we must still pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. God is on the side of Jerusalem. God will bless Jerusalem. God will bless his people and his church. Her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord hand double for all her sins. Double blessings coming from the Lord. How wonderful it is. How gracious God is. How amazing the Savior we have. He died for our sins. He suffered our hell in our place. He was buried and he rose again the third day. Triumphing over death. Over hell. Over the devil. He is risen. He is ascended up on high. He's seated at the right hand of God. He's a mighty prince and saviour. Mighty to save even unto the uttermost. Those who come unto God by him. Seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. So there's glad tidings here. Verse 9. O Sion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. What are the glad tidings? Behold your God. Focus upon him. Think about him. How wonderful is your God. The only God. So different from the gods of the heathen. We have them described from a, for us here. The workman melteth a graven image. This goldsmith spreadeth it over with gold and casteth silver chains. What a miserable failure. But our God. Our God is great. He sits upon the circle of the earth. The inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers before him. He's mighty and glorious and wonderful and powerful and merciful and gracious and loving and long-suffering and slow to wrath. Behold your God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, behold your God and his work of redemption, the finished work of Calvary and the ongoing work. We have a mighty God and a mighty Saviour. And here at the end of the chapter, we're told to wait upon your God. Wait upon them. Wait in trust. Wait in faith. Wait in prayer. Wait in expectation. And if you do, you'll renew your strength. You'll mount up with wings as eagles. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint.
Turning then to these last four verses, first in verse 28, think of the greatness of God. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? What kind of God do we have? What is God like? He's not a feeble God made by the hands of man. He's not a feeble God imagined by the imagination of man. He said, God is indescribably great. The everlasting God. You and I are creatures of time. The voice said, cry, and he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the glory of man is a flower of the, the grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. God is everlasting. You and I, we're like the grass, cut down at even doth fade, or the grass over which the hot, dry wind blows, for over it the wind doth pass, and it away is gone. And of the place where once it was, it shall no more be known. We're here today, gone tomorrow. But our God is the everlasting God. Just recently, a man in my congregation died. He was a hundred years old. Born in 1922. What a long, long life. But oh, how short in comparison to the life of God. God was there before he was born. God was there before Victoria became queen. God was there before Charles II and Charles I. God was there before the Roman Empire, before the Greek Empire and the Persian Empire. He was there before David before Noah, before Adam, before there was a world or a universe. God was there in eternity. God was there when there was nothing but God. He's the everlasting God, the God that inhabiteth eternity. His dwelling place is above time. Not in any sense subject to a progression of moments. The future and the past are the same to him. The everlasting God. The God who has seen it all and planned it all. Who inhabits eternity. And then he's called the Lord in block capitals. That's Jehovah. I am that I am. I am what I am. I am dependent on no one. Everyone else, everything else is dependent on God, but God is unique. He's the I am. And everything else devolves from him. Created by him. I am what I am. His existence is in himself. He's the unchanging one. The one who doesn't develop in any way or progress or mature or grow old. I am that I am. The unchanging Jehovah, how great he is above all. The creator of the ends of the earth. The creator of atoms and molecules. The creator of bacteria and viruses, the creator of birds and beasts, the creator of sun, moon and stars, the ends of the earth, the ends of the universe. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. All things out of nothing, by the word of his power. He said it, and it was done. The creator of the ends of the earth. The whole universe 
made by him and he holds it all in his hands and he keeps everything in perfect balance and the people of our day are in a frenzy over climate change full of fear lest they destroy the planet and with no faith in God who's looked after the planet since the day it was created and will look after it till the day when it is burnt up with fire. He fainteth not, neither is weary. He doesn't grow tired because he's of infinite power limitless resources of power. Nothing taxes his strength. What can God not do? The God who sends the storms, who sends the thunder and the lightning and the hurricane and the earthquake, all things happen at his command. The God who said to thee, to the winds and the waves be still and there was a great calm he fainteth not neither is weary what can he not do and there is no searching his understanding his knowledge is limitless How amazing it is to think of the knowledge of God. He knows everything that ever happened. He knows every word that was ever spoken by any individual. He knows every thought that ever passed through any heart. Not just that, but he knows everything that will happen to all eternity. And he knows every word that will be spoken to all eternity. And he knows every thought that will ever be thought to all eternity. There's no searching his understanding because his knowledge is infinite, completely comprehensive. He knows everything, every possibility, every thought. There's no searching his understanding. You and I with our puny little brains cannot comprehend even a tiny portion of God's knowledge or his greatness. There's no searching his understanding. How great is our God. How glorious, mighty, majestic, magnificent. You know, the big problem with the church today is it's God is too small. That's a problem with men and women. They have a small view of God. They think of God as a kind of extension of ourselves, as something a little bit bigger than the bigger, biggest man or woman in the world the biggest brain, or whatever. But God is totally different. He is infinitely great. Limitless in his greatness. God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being. Wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. If only we had more of an understanding of the greatness of God, it would bring a tremendous calm to our hearts. Faith in a great God. Verse 29, he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. There's no limit to his power. 
<clears throat> but not just that, he gives power. He gives power to the faint. He is the one who sustains and strengthens, encourages, upholds the weak. And when we read our Bibles, we see case after case of this. Think of Hagar and Ishmael lost in the desert and their water was all used up and they'd reached the end of their resources and she left Ishmael under a bush to die. She couldn't bear to see him dying. But thou, God, seest me. He gives strength to the, to the weak. And the Lord came to her, the angel of the Lord. And opened her eyes to see a well of water. And she went and she filled her bottle. And she gave it to her son. And they both survived. He gives, faith, he gives power to the faint. Think of Jacob at Penuel. Esau coming with 400 soldiers against him. And Jacob is terrified. But God draws near to Jacob. And wrestles with him through the night. And Jacob is so weak. The Lord touches the hollow of his thigh and it goes out of joint. He has no power with God. And yet, he has power with God by faith. I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And God did bless him and gave, pay, and gave power to Jacob. He went away limping. But he went away mighty. And Esau was unable to harm him. Think of David at Siklag. <clears throat> his wives and his children have been taken captive. And the wives and children of his men have been carried off by the Amalekites. And David's men are talking about stoning him. Killing him. They're so grieved. And we're told that David strengthened himself in the Lord. He found his encouragement in God. He had wept till he could weep no more. And then he put his faith in God. And God strengthened him. And God looked after him. And God gave him victory over the Amalekites. And all was recovered and much more. Think of Samson. What a sad picture it is to see Samson there with his eyes plucked out. Grinding in the mill. Taken into the, to the house of Dagon. And they're all laughing at him and mocking him. There's the man of God. There's the man of God. See him. What a fool he is. Where's your God now, Samson? Where's your strength now, Samson? Poor, miserable Samson, who had sinned. And now he was a fool, and he was mocked by everyone, and despised and ridiculed. But God give us strength to the weak. And Samson prayed, Lord, strengthen me once more. And God gave him strength and he took hold of the two pillars of the, of the temple, pulled them and brought down that whole house upon the lords of the Philistines, killed more in his death than he did in his life. The enemies of the Lord were destroyed. God gives power to the faint. I think particularly of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in front of him is a cup. A cup of suffering. A cup of sin. And a cup of curses. Sin that he hated. Punishment from his father. Abba, Father, all things are possible. Let this cup pass from me. 
Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He prayed with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to deliver him from death, and he was heard in that he feared. And he was given strength. An angel came to strengthen him. But more than that, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. And so he cried out, The cup that the Father hath given me, shall I not drink it? I shall, I certainly shall. Weak, weak to the point almost of being crushed, but yet strengthened because God gives strength to him that is weak and to them that have no might. He increases strength. And there we see our Lord Jesus strengthened to take hold, as it were, with his two hands of this cup of curses and to drink it, to drink every drop of it. To turn it upside down as it were and to lick the last drop till he could cry out in triumph. It is finished. It is finished. Father, into thine hands I commend my spirit. He triumphed and triumphed gloriously, triumphing and drinking the cup and in overcoming through the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives power to the faint. And then we're told, verse 30, Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Youths faint and fall. Those who think that they are strong. Those who are full of self. Those who compare themselves favorably with others. The youths shall faint and fall and fail. The young men shall utterly fall. We think of Goliath. Goliath of Gath. Six cubits and a span in height. With that helmet of brass with a breastplate, with the greaves of blast upon his thighs and his legs, with his great spear like a weaver's bane. And he sees young David coming. Am I a dog that you come out against me with a staff? Come here and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. His strength, strengthen himself. A warrior, a man of war from his youth, full of self. And a few minutes later, falling on his face to the ground. And David comes up and takes his own sword out of its sheath and hacks off his head and gives the flesh of Goliath. Come, you crows. Come, you foxes of the field, and feed upon the mighty giant who trusted in himself and in his might. Oh, what a warning to us of self-righteousness and self-trust and self-reliance. Or we think of Samson with his hair cut going out to shake himself as at other times, thinking that he's still the one who could pick up the gates of the city of Gaza and carry them on his shoulder to the hill near Hebron. But now his strength is gone. The only strength he had was strength that God gave him, and when God took his strength away, he was a poor, puny creature. And the Philistines came and afflicted him and put out his eyes. 
the youths shall faint and fall. Or Peter, though all forsake thee, I will never forsake thee. Lord, I will die with you. Others, yes, they'll fall away, but I'll stand with you to the bitter end. Oh, Peter, the young maid comes up and he denies his Lord. Denies his Lord three times. The youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. You and I so often think we're okay. We won't fall. We can resist temptation. Others may become drunkards, but we won't. Others may become addicted to drugs, but we won't. Others may become addicted to pornography, but we're strong. Others commit adultery, but not us. We're strong. We're good. Are we? Lord, keep me, for I trust in thee. That's our only hope. You and I are frail and feeble creatures. How weak we are. If only we realized how weak we are. Man whose breath is in his nostrils. You breathe it in. And you breathe it out. And will you ever breathe in another breath again? We think we can resist temptation. But we so easily fall. The youths faint and are weary. And the young men utterly fall. But then finally... Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How different it is if we wait upon the Lord. How mighty we are when we wait upon the Lord. What is it to wait upon the Lord? To be aware of our weakness and to trust in his strength is to come to God as feeble creatures and to cast ourselves upon him. It's to come in prayer realizing that without God's help we're the weakest of the weak. Cast thy burden on the Lord, and he shall thee sustain. But if we don't, how can we survive? Remember how Paul put it. When I am weak, then am I strong. That's tremendous, isn't it? When I am weak, then I am strong. When I am strong, then am I weak. It's when we're weak in ourselves and come to God with our weakness that we find this tremendous strength from God. When I am weak, then am I strong. We think of the two men who went up to the temple to to pray. One of them was so strong. I thank thee, Lord, that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. I thank thee, Lord, that I am strong. And then there was the other man, stood afar off, beat upon his breast, and cried, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Who was strong? The poor publican, not the Pharisee. Who went to his house justified? The publican. Whose sins were forgiven? Who was given victory? The one who came in weakness. We think of this Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was devil-possessed. She came to Christ. She was pleading for help. 
He wasn't listening. He wasn't responding. The disciples come to him and say, send her away. And Jesus said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now she wasn't one of the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but still she came. And she fell at his feet and she pleaded for help. And she, Jesus said to her, it's not right to give the children's meat to dogs. What a harsh thing to say. But you know, she didn't take it in that way at all. She agreed. She didn't disagree with her, with the Lord. She agreed, yes, yes, Lord, I'm just a dog, a Gentile dog. But then, remember, the dogs get the crumbs which fall from the children's table. The little dogs, the children pet them, they come in, they're under the table, the children dropped little crumbs for them. I'm not wanting the children's meat. All I want, Lord, is a little crumb. Oh, woman, great is thy faith. Oh, how Jesus loved it to see the faith of that woman. What amazing faith. She wasn't going on saying, I'm a victim. As so many are today, and they're crying out about being victims, and they're they're complaining and complaining about their rights and their rights and their rights. No. When it comes to God, you and I have no rights. And we've got to realize that. We have no rights. None whatsoever. We deserve nothing but his wrath and his curse forever. You have no rights before God. Black or white, slave or free, man or woman, whoever you are, you have no rights before God. Come as a beggar, and he will say, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. When I am weak, then am I strong. We must come and wait upon the Lord. We must lay all upon him. Come with our burdens. Come with our concern. It's not easy to wait sometimes. We want it and we want it now. We can't wait. Lord, time's going by. My life is short. The problem's getting worse. Help me. Help me now. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and you shall find rest unto your soul. It's wonderful the rest that we can find when we come to Almighty God who knows everything about us, who cares for us, who loved us from all eternity, chose us to be his own, sent his son to die for us, and sent his spirit to live in our hearts and to unite us to himself. We have a wonderful God who has an amazing relationship with us. Wait upon the Lord. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Everything through Jesus Christ. Peace keeping, guarding your heart, peace surrounding you, peace filling your heart 
And you have peace, peace that flows like a river, such rich and lasting peace. When? When you cast your care on him. When you commit all to him. When you depend upon him alone. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Know that I am God. Wait upon the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And watch and see what God will do. Oh, why art thou cast down my soul? We're singing these words, weren't we? Weren't we? Oh, why art thou cast down my soul? Why in me so dismayed? Trust God, for I shall praise him yet. His countenance is mine aid. Trust God. Instead of being cast down, depressed, deeply disturbed, be at peace. Trust God, for I shall praise him yet. I love the Lord because my voice and prayers he did hear. I, while I live, will call on him who bowed to me his ear. He always hears the prayers of his people. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Ask, seek, knock, pray. Come with your petitions before him. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord and they've got no strength. By waiting they renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. I remember when I was a young teenager going out fishing once on my own and there in the moors of Lewis I was miles away from the road from habitation and it was a misty day and it was raining and I came over coming over the top of a hill and suddenly there was this whooshy noise whoosh whoosh I can remember my hair standing on end. What on earth is this? And then suddenly in front of me appeared this huge golden eagle. I'd been feeding on the carcass of a sheep and I'd frightened it. And its mighty wings. Oh, how powerful they were. How it mounted up and soon disappeared in the clouds. Mounting up to heaven. And you know, friends, when we trust in the Lord, we mount up with wings as eagles above the storms, the rain, the tempest, the clouds of this life. We mount up to heaven. We experience heaven on earth. Yes, and eternal heaven above. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. You and I, when we run, how weary we become. Very quickly we become weary. But when we trust in the Lord, we can carry on running. Running that race that is set before us with patience, with perseverance, keeping on going. Because we're looking to Jesus and from Jesus we're getting strength. And every look brings more strength. And so we keep on running. Onward and onward, pressing on toward the mark for the prize. The prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Walking and not fainting. Pilgrims walking through the dark valleys. Through the dangerous situations. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God with us. It's wonderful to have God with us. 
And we will keep on going. And we'll reach the promised land because God's with us. Well, is that true? Are you somebody who's waiting upon the Lord? Looking to God, praying to God, trusting in God. If you're somebody who, yes, you feel so weak and you feel such a sinner, but you're looking to God and you're trusting in Christ and you're seeking the help of the Spirit, casting yourself upon the Lord, you have a promise here, wonderful promise. Promise for this year and next year and however many years you're left in this world. A promise for eternity. They that wait upon the Lord. If you're not waiting upon the Lord, isn't it time you started to? Should you not even tonight turn to God? Cry to him. Put your faith in the Christ of Calvary. Remember, the youths shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. Are you a youth who's trusting in your youth? Are you a person who's trusting your own strength? But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, mounting up higher and higher, heavenward. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, we come to Thee in our weakness. We come to Thee with our frailty. We come with all our problems and our difficulties. And we rejoice that in Thee, in Thee there is salvation. In Thee there is help. In Thee there is strength. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Grant us then, O Lord, that trust. Enable us to put our faith in the living and true God, the great and the mighty God, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, who fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching his understanding. Help us to trust in thee. And so to mount up with wings as eagles, to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen. Our closing praise is Psalm 46. Psalm 46 and verses 8 to 11. Psalm 46, verses 8 to Eleven, Come and behold what wondrous works have by the Lord been wrought. Come see what desolations he on the earth hath brought. Unto the ends of all the earth wars and to peace he turns. The bow he breaks, the spear he cuts, in fire the chariot burns. Verses 8 to 11. God's praise. Come and behold what wondrous work
intimations as follows. Prayer meeting on Thursday at the usual time, 7.30 p.m., and will be taken by Mr. Harley Cameron, God willing. And God willing, the services next Sabbath will be taken by the Reverend Gordon Mayer. If you would like to order the witness for 2023, the cost is unchanged at £30. Please put your payment in the collection bowl in an envelope marked witness. You can pay by cash or cheque payable to Greyfriars FCC. <coughs> the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest upon and abide with you all now and forevermore.